0: So there's part of a letter um, written October 15, 1781, from Alexander Hamilton to the Marquis de Lafayette, and in this letter, Alexander Hamilton is recounting the events from the night, the day before. Um, and there's a portion here. He says, there was a happy coincidence of movements. The redoubt was in the same moment enveloped and carried on every part. The enemy are entitled to the acknowledgement of an honorable defense. So let's rewind just a little bit. Um, I want to tell this story, and it's something that I'd say is fairly new to me. I spent a great deal of my time especially in college and in my studies studying Western history European history American history for some reason I had pushed off for many years and kind of said that's that's not that's too new it's too too recent it's not the history that's real history and that's changed quite a bit over the years to be honest um, I've gotten more into American history. I've started to understand it and grasp it and see where it fits, not just as um, a culmination of a great deal of Western history and Judeo-Christian history, but also um, a step in the right direction toward what I'd say are, are important um, historical movements, uh, specifically those of individual rights and the right to sovereignty in, your, in, the, in the individual person, right? And so I've studied it more and I've looked more into it. And the Founding Fathers have become more interesting to me. So this previous summer, um, something that I had held off on is watching or learning anything about the musical Hamilton. Um, And it was completely out of a... People are saying it's great, and so I can't, in good conscience, just jump on board. That's not who I am. I don't jump on board with things that I think are trendy. Um, and that was much to my own detriment, right? So I spent um, some time this summer, and I'll give you the quick rundown, right? I started watching Hamilton about a month after it was released on Disney+. Plus. I got about 45 minutes into it, and I had to stop. I had to stop because I said to myself, I do not know enough about Alexander Hamilton, I don't know other th- anything other than the fact that this man is going to be the first uh, secretary of the treasury, and he's going to start the first bank of the United States, um, and he's on the ten dollar bill. Uh, I don't know much else. So I stopped watching the musical, and I picked up um, I picked up Ron Chernow's book on which the musical is based, Alexander Hamilton, and I read it. I listened to quite a bit of it, but I read it, and and I learned a great deal about this this man who uh, I have a great deal more respect for. Uh, Not that I didn't have respect for him, but just knowing him so much more through this work um, has helped me appreciate him and appreciate the other founding fathers a little bit more in terms of their circumstances. Before we go further, um, just a reminder, uh, you know, hey, this is, I'm Eric Hoffman, this is Dad Bod History, and, um, you know... Go ahead, go ahead, hit like, subscribe, um, share this with friends uh, and your enemies, as always. Um, definitely leave a comment. We love good discussion here, so I don't want to keep you from, from having your, your say, and, and maybe we can respond back to you. So that's a long intro to what I want to talk about, and that is Alexander Hamilton and Redoubt Ten. So... Here's the situation, 1781, okay? We're about five years into uh, the the bigger chunk of the Revolutionary War. Five years previous, um, George, General Washington had lost New York, had been defeated there, um, and the Continental Army had been repelled uh, from New York City. And so we're kind of into our sixth year here of the Revolutionary War. Um, and the American, the Continental Army, the Revolutionary Army, the Patriots, have effectively, have effectively taken on hit-and-run tactics, right? Uh, a lot more run than hit, but it's effective. It's wearing down the British. They don't really want to be there. They don't want to lose these colonies, but, I mean, who really wants to be in a war for more than six years? So, here we are, 1781. And... George Washington um, is looking to strike a kind of a fatal blow to the British presence in the colonies. And what he's aiming for, which would make sense, is because he's lost in New York City uh, five years previously, is he wants to strike at Henry Clinton, who's, got, who's garrisoned in New York City. And George Washington is looking, he says, I can strike at New York City. I could um, kind of get my swagger back by taking that place that I lost that's a good moral victory for me. It's good for morale if we can take the place that we previously lost. But in talking to his French liaisons, um, you know Lafayette, there's the Comte de Rochambeau, the Comte de Grasse, and they're saying, no, we're not gonna help you at New York City. We'd like to strike at Yorktown in Virginia to the south. And General Washington, when realizing that he can strike at Yorktown and he'll have the full assistance of the French army and navy, that makes a lot more sense. And so he moves away from New York City, they actually feign a movement towards New York City, and he moves his full force toward Yorktown, along the Chesapeake Bay on the York River, the town of Yorktown. And um, they're going to, to strike there. And there is General, Ch- uh, Ch- sorry, General Charles Cornwallis, and he's got 10,000 British troops along with some Hessian troops, right, those Hessian mercenaries, Washington's run into them before, um, and the French fleet under Comte de Grasse, the Comte de Grasse, uh, have basically at that point they've taken out the the British naval presence there, the, the fleet and squadron that was there, and so there's really no escape for Cornwallis. He's in Yorktown, he can't get out, and so General George Washington, uh, along with the Comte de Rochambeau, marched south with roughly seventeen thousand American and French soldiers, and. On September 28th, 29th, they surround the town of Yorktown, and so begins the siege. So what had happened here is in August and September, the British had begun building, preparing for this defense, right? They're going to prepare earthworks, they're going to dig ditches, they're going to put up all these fortifications and entrenchments. They're going to build redoubts, and I'll talk about redoubts in just a moment. Uh, And redoubts come with all these other things like abatises and phrases. and, um, And on September 28th, Washington has fully enveloped Yorktown. So it's a siege, and starting with on September 28th or 29th, they begin volleying artillery at each other. That's what you do in a siege. The British are are shooting back, the Americans and French set up their grand batteries to the south and start uh, hammering at Yorktown, but it's really kind of out of range. It's not the range they want to be effective. And so they're gonna do what they do in sieges. They're gonna do siege things, and they're gonna start digging these things called parallels. These parallels are basically siege lines, right? You dig a trench and you dig that trench uh, toward the enemy and then you make these lines parallel to the enemy's positions so that you can get yourselves closer without um, risking being shot. And so they draw, they dig these two parallels. One is about 600 yards from the British lines and the other one's about 300 yards. And that's the French siege line. Now to complete the French siege line, they actually have to, they're gonna be digging through Two British redoubts. Now, these redoubts. A redoubt is basically a forward defense, right? Uh, so, Yorktown is defended on all sides by the British, but, you know, four th- 500 yards out, they've built these redoubts. And redoubts are f- essentially, you know, earthwork fortifications. They've got mounds on all sides with dirt that they've dug. Outside those mounds, they have trenches. They've got these things called abatises, right? And abatises um, is basically. Cut down a tree and lay it facing down so that all the branches stick out towards the enemy, right? And so if you approach an to abatis too fast, you'll run into the branches and impale yourself. Well, nobody runs at abetus's. You have to slow down, which makes you an easier target. They also put up these things called phrases, which uh, is French for strawberry, but it's also, uh, you know, big sticks, poles that are sharpened and sticking out toward the enemy. And they've built these things out in these readouts. They built them around the town of Yorktown, but they built these two readouts that the Americans call Readout Nine and Readout Ten to the south. And these two readouts have all these abatis and phrases. Um, you know, modern day or more modern day, you would not do these. You would not use the natural resources. You'd lay down barbed wire. And the goal of barbed wire is not to kill soldiers; it's to slow them down, make them easier targets. Right? So, um. They spend a couple weeks shooting at each other. They're digging these trenches and they get to a point. They said, if we're going to finish these trenches, we have to take readout nine and 10. And Washington, kind of like his similar earlier critical decision of we're going to strike at Yorktown, not New York City. He says, we're going to take readout nine and 10. In order to do that, we're going to aim all our guns at these readouts. We're going to try to hit them with artillery hard for two days, October 13th and 14th, and then we'll take them. Enter Alexander Hamilton. Now, Alexander Hamilton has joined this force uh, fairly recently. He was kind of sent home for a while. And so now he's here. Um, he's been looking for his opportunity to have glory on the battlefield, and he's never gotten it. He's always been an aide-de-camp to Washington. He's writing letters and doing paperwork, which were invaluable to Washington. The same time, it wasn't what Hamilton wanted. Remember, if you remember any of this, Hamilton was born basically as a poor immigrant kid in the Caribbean of Scottish descent. His father wasn't around, his mother died, um, and he had a, a handful of very tragic things happen to him early on in life. He makes his way off the Caribbean island, ends up in New York City, gets his education, and he knows that the only way he can make himself an important figure in this revolution is to find his glory on the battlefield. That's how he makes a name for himself. And uh, George Washington has this long line, he owns all this land, all these other founding fathers have these um, these bloodlines and families that are well known. Hamilton does not have that. And he's looking to, to, to find his name on the battlefield. On October 13th and 14th, Washington realizes they have to take these redoubts because they have to take Yorktown because a, a British fleet is gonna be on its way soon, soon enough. Eventually a British fleet will come to rescue Cornwallis, Washington makes a decision to take the readouts on October fourteenth, or at least to assault them. And Alexander Hamilton, again looking for his glory on the battlefield, realizes he is not chosen to lead one of these assaults. And there's going to be two assaults on these readouts. The French will assault readout number nine, and the Americans will read, uh, assault at readout number ten, both to be led by French commanders, which Hamilton does not like. Um, you know, stories range from him. Pleading with Washington, throwing a fit, threatening Washington. Exactly what happened, we're not really sure because Washington and Hamilton uh, kept a lot of their their relationship pretty guarded. They, they they respected each other pretty well, but Hamilton, Washington relents and gives Hamilton the command of the assault on Readout Ten, and he uh, brings in some of his um, officers to lead different parts of it, like John Lorenz, He's gonna he's gonna have go around the rear to stop any escape and Hamilton is given the command of this assault. Uh, Between 6.30 and 7, um, some some cannons signal that they're going to launch the assault. And Hamilton gets to lead his men across this moonless, uh, across this no man's land on this moonless night and under cover of darkness. Now, here's something really fantastic. And again, I I said my understanding of Hamilton comes a great deal from watching the musical for the very first time very recently and reading the biography and reading a number of other accounts of Hamilton's life. Um, But there's this fantastic song in Hamilton. Uh, I'm sure most of you have seen it more than I have. Um, I've watched it and listened to it over and over since, but it's Yorktown. And it's one of my favorites. And here's the lyrics. Says, take the bullets out your gun, the bullets out your gun. We move undercover and we move as one. Through the night, we have one shot to live another day. We cannot let a stray gun shot give us away. We will fight up close, seize the moment, and stay in it. It's either that or meet the business end of a bayonet. The code word is Rochambeau. Dig me, you have your orders now. Go, man, go. And the code word was indeed Rochambeau. Right. Some of the people said it sounded like rush on, boys, which was very appropriate because given the circumstances, they were going to be rushing. This was going to be a bayonet charge. They were supposed to take all the ammunition out of their guns. They did not want to let um, to fire a stray bullet to let the British know they were on their way. Right. These British and these redoubts have been pounded by artillery for two days Um, to have a bayonet charge appear uh, uh, upon them quickly would be enough surprise to overtake these redoubts. So upon reaching these redoubts, there's miners and sappers along with these these 800 men uh, between the two redoubts. And they clear the abatis, they they try to clear paths between the abatis, um, and they try to pull these things out of the way so there's a path for the infantry and these light infantry to go up. Some of the light infantry don't wait for the miners and sappers to do their job. They just charge in, they go over the top with their bayonets out, right? And they take redoubt 10 and they take it in roughly 10 minutes. And as the redoubts are under control of the French and Americans at that, on that October 14th night, uh, the artillery batteries from the Grand Artillery can move up within better range of Yorktown and begin the full-on bombardment of Yorktown from three directions, from the south, from the west, and then from Chesapeake Bay, from the fleets that are there. the next day Cornwallis writes to Clinton, that's General Cornwallis, the British general, to his other general, uh, the safety of the place is therefore so precarious that I cannot recommend that the fleet and army should run great risk in endeavoring to save us. So two days later, on October 17th, the British signal their intent to surrender at Yorktown. And we have this decisive victory hinging on this 10-minute engagement at Redoubts 9 and 10, and it signals the eventual victory of the American patriots, one that may have been in question had this battle been lost. We have this moment in this small, compact area where things could have gone south. Now Alexander Hamilton wanted to be this hero. He wanted to find glory in the battlefield and he did. And if he had either died or failed or not found that glory, maybe he goes down in history as nothing more than a great aide-de-camp to General Washington, but instead he becomes a household name throughout the new United States. And it's gonna put him into a position to have an impact on American politics and finance and discourse and history. I've included a bunch of links in the description to a variety of sources that I used and found. Um, again, I, if you if you get a chance, it's thick, right? But it's absolutely a fantastic read. Um, gives you great insight into the character of Hamilton. Um, it's a fascinating and epic biography. Um, you know, we people nearly took him off the $10 bill and uh, he needs to stay. Um, but, you know, if you've enjoyed this episode, you know, like, subscribe, comment. Uh, we wanna hear, uh, we've got other videos for you to check out at DeadBot History. And um, with that, I think we'll check out. See you next time.